What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A missing 14-year-old girl was found inside a barracks at San Diego's Camp Pendleton. A child molester, Larry Nasser, is stabbed 10 times during a fight in a Florida prison and the prime suspect in the 1982 Tylenol murders is found dead in his home. These stories and more are coming at you today, Thursday, July 13th, on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. What do you say, boys? What's up, Happy fellas? Thursday. Happy Thursday. Happy Crime right? Thursday. No Absolutely. lack of crime on a Thursday. Right. Actually, I think crime's down a little bit because the whole country's flooded. I don't oh, know if you've been God. watching the Weather Channel. I, I know Woody's a big fan of the Weather Channel. I've watched the Weather Channel? I have not watched it. It's raining everywhere, man. Really? Yeah. I didn't even been watching TV. It's raining lots. Yeah. Well, my ponds are lower than shit. Like lower. <laughs> it ain't raining lots here. Yeah, yeah. we kind of like My garden from. is sucking, and I've been raining the sprinkler on it a whole lot. Yeah. Doesn't help. Painting a turtle out in the field or, and stuff like yeah, that. Something That's tells serious. me that'll even out. Yeah, maybe so. Soon. We're going to get into some Thursday crime right Let's now. Lay it on it. Love y'all. A 14-year-old girl was found in the barracks at a California Marine Corps base known as Camp Pendleton two weeks after her grandmother in San Diego reported that she ran away from home and a Marine was detained for questioning. The Marine has since been released of his command while federal law enforcement officials investigate. He is identified as Marine Captain Charles Palmer of the 1st Marine Logistics Group at Camp Pendleton, about 40 miles north of San Diego. It was unclear how the girl and the Marine came into contact before military police found her in the barracks during the day. According to the San Diego Sheriff's Department, her grandmother reported her missing and told authorities she had run away from home four days earlier. The grandmother told the deputy who interviewed her that the girl had run away before, but only for brief periods. The teen's information was entered into multiple missing person databases, including the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. After she was found on the base, authorities returned the girl to her grandmother. The case has been handed over to the Naval Criminal Investigative Service. NCIS. NCIS. And the spokesman, Jeff Houston, said that no arrests have been made and no one has been charged in the case formally so thus far. Yeah, well, Denozo will figure out who did it. He, he did say the Marine was detained for questioning and released back to his command. And the Sheriff's Department and the San Diego Human Trafficking Task Force are assisting in the investigation. And the interesting thing about this uh, and I know, Woody, you've been on many bases as well. Yeah. When you're on a military base, um, it's pretty hard to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These are like right. little you, cities. You, 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 especially you, Camp you're Pendleton. definitely being checked. You're not getting in without your ID. 
So how a 14-year-old girl he that's might. reported missing ends up. He might have hit her in the trunk or something. Yeah. Like but you better believe <clears throat> that he's going to say, oh, I thought she was 18 or whatever. He's still got issues. The deal being is the military, they say is released back to his command. I bet he's on, you know, special selective duty or whatever before they come and charge his ass uh, under the. Yeah, uniform, they're just building evidence. The military code of justice, point. yeah. And take you to an absolutely heartbreaking story. Uh, um, a teenage Vermont police officer was killed and two others were injured when a burglary suspect crashed into their police car during the pursuit. And, y'all, the only reason I'm going to get her name right is because. Ago spelt it out for me in that hooked on phonics way, but it's Officer Jessica. The, I would have said E. Big and Housen, but he has it spelled as A. Big Housen. So that's her name. She was a 19 year old rookie on the Rutland Force. And she died Friday afternoon in the crash. She and the other officers had been chasing a truck driven by Tate Ream. 20 who had attempted to break into a house. Green's vehicle apparently jumped the center line medium and collided head on with with Jessica's um, cruiser. The truck then smashed into another police vehicle. Jessica was pronounced dead at the scene. The 19-year-old began working as a part-time officer at the department just two months ago and was scheduled to begin her full-time training at the Vermont Police Academy in August. The city's police chief, Ryan Kilcullen, said Friday, she always had a smile on her face, and we were looking forward to having her as part of our family. Jessica, he added, was the granddaughter of former police commission chairman Robert Ebighazen and had wanted to be a police officer since the age of nine. Flowers and messages piled up outside the Rutland City Police Department in memory of the young officer, and Kilcullen said that the state police conducted an investigation into the fatal accident. The two injured officers were taken to area hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Multiple charges have been filed against Marine, including uh, the grossly negligent operation of a motor vehicle with the death resulting and attempting to lead with death resulting. So uh, uh, our hearts go out to everyone who knew and loved her and all her brothers and sisters that wear the badge. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Jim Whitcomb of the Vermont State Police said during a press conference that speed and substance abuse were being looked into as a factor for the crash. She wasn't driving this car, this cruiser, obviously by herself. She's doing a ride along. And when I started my rookie police career, I had to do that before I went to the academy and, and, she was unfortunate that it happened, and, and God bless her for being a hero. Um, and may Jessica rest in peace. Yeah, and we always talk about uh, car chases. You know, you worry about innocent people getting killed, yeah, but they, you never think about the police officers right, that are chasing right. too. You know, that's a that's it's, an unsafe situation for everybody. Yeah, it's just a horrible tragedy. Well, and that's an area where. It's pretty sparsely populated, so maybe they they let them do more chasing than they might in a yeah, well, in a more crowded city, I whatever. Bet they, but, I bet they will now. But for her to you know be a trainee and barely on the job, and want to do it since happen. nine years old. Wow, bad, bad, bad. Well, uh, we'll go from from bad to worse because after we we talked about some of the Fourth of July uh, mass shootings around the country, I saw something come out with some mid-year stats on, uh, on overall mass shootings in the, uh, in the U.S., and I decided to compile some stats and give you guys a little bit of a half-year report, let's call it, on 2023. So um, just to refresh your memory, because this isn't going to be all murders or all shootings, these stats are all refer to mass shootings, which are defined as an event where an attacker kills or injures multiple individuals simultaneously using a firearm, okay? So I've broken out a number of categories um, that we can take a look at, and uh, first is states. So I ranked the number of people killed in mass shootings by states and the top five states in the country. Anybody got a guess on number one? 
Um, Texas. Winner, winner. Texas is first with 46. California right behind at 45. Florida, 28. Tennessee, 25. That was a little bit of a surprise, although we know we uh, won very well. Um, And uh, Illinois, fifth at 24. Not a surprise. I would have, you know, it does surprise me. Florida was, I would have guessed Florida if I, and they're well behind Texas on that. But Texas yeah, has Texas had a California few back-to-back-to-back back really in the last, yeah, the last really couple ones. of months. Yeah, and California had a couple of biggies right. within days of each other in, right. in, in mm-hmm. January. True. But, uh, then number of people injured in mass shootings. Uh, once again, Texas first with 142, California 114, Illinois 109. Louisiana 100 and Maryland 93 is the top five for people injured in shootings. So, and and I want to remind you again, we're talking about mass shootings. That's right. This is not your regular, you know, shoot two people or one person, whatever mass shootings. It's, it's an attacker killing or injuring multiple individuals simultaneously using a firearm. Um, cities with the largest number killed or injured in mass shootings. So this is a combination of people killed and or people injured in mass shootings. Number one. I say Chicago. Chicago, right. 75. And to your point, this doesn't include a gangland murder in right. the hood on right. Saturday night. These are uh, mass shootings. Second. Anybody? Baltimore. Baltimore, second at 72. My favorite city. Philadelphia. Philadelphia is third at 52. This next one absolutely shocked me. Shreveport, Louisiana is number four with 45 people killed or injured in mass shootings. Take that per capita. Shreveport against Chicago? It's off the charts. Shreveport against Baltimore? Shreveport against... What is going Philly? on in Shreveport, Louisiana? Shreveport's not a quarter the size of those places. Absolutely. I mean, so it, it, you do that, it's it's far and away the most likely uh, if they do city it of per, any consequence if they were doing per in the United States. Shreveport would be yeah. number one. So that's really shocking. frightening. Um, and it's not, there wasn't one uh, uh, event that we're, uh, tons and tons of people were, were killed right. and injured. There's like six separate right. Uh, right. events throughout the year. Fifth is Memphis on that list yeah. at, at 42. Um, as far as the single largest events uh, in terms of uh, killings for the year so far, uh, the first is that uh, uh, Monterey Park, California, if you remember, where the uh, gunman killed 11 people and yep. injured nine others at that uh uh, that dance studio, right. uh, that was back in January. That was 11 people. Um, you all remember the Allen, Texas, yeah. uh, uh, which was the uh, uh, the outlet mall um, right. shooting, which, you know, I think you can't mention that without mentioning how bad that would have been had uh, had the, uh, the, the cops not behaved. And, and they just released like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, the body cam footage of that one officer. And he is in the middle of a conversation when, and you can actually hear it. I saw that. He hears it. And I mean, he is in a dead sprint toward the source of the noise instantly. No telling how many people that guy saved that day. Um, Third is uh, Enoch, Utah. Remember the wonderful Michael Haight family Mm -hmm. where the guy killed his Entire family, seven people, uh, including himself. Uh, Half Moon Bay, which again, California, uh, I think it was just a day or two after the, uh, uh, the, the shooting outside of L.A. in Monterey Park. This is up by uh, San Francisco, and this was a, a workplace violence uh, uh, situation, uh, sort of a grievance between uh, migrant community workers. Um, that The... The killer there was 66, and the one in, in Monterey Park was in his 70s, 72. That's so crazy. crazy. Uh, then uh, the Covenant Christian School shooting outside of Nashville, where my former Vandy 
friend Kathy Kuntz was the head of school and killed another six hero. were killed she, that she's day. She's another hero. Absolutely. Uh, Goshen, California, which is uh, where the execution style uh, killings of alleged cartel uh, gang members happened. That was also back in January. I mean, January in California was just a bloodbath. Uh, Henrietta, Oklahoma, the end of April. This was the whole Jesse McFadden story, which we told on the mm-hmm. on the show. The horrible story where the parents thought the kids were having a sleepover. And, right. Uh, um, and uh, and one in uh, the last one where uh, six people were killed or uh, were injured was in Arcabutla, Mississippi, on February seventeenth, where this guy uh, Richard Dale Crum went on a shooting spree. I don't really remember don't really that story. That one um, Seems like we would have had that. Uh, that one surprised me. The the most injuries overall in one event. Uh, I noted three of them: the Dadeville, Alabama, which was that small town Sweet Sixteen party. If you guys mm-hmm. remember, terrible yeah. story. The story we just talked about the other day: the uh, the festival shooting in Baltimore mm-hmm. on the second of July, where twenty seven people were injured, and there was also a Juneteenth. Celebration in just outside of Chicago in Willowbrook on the 18th of June, where 22 people right. were injured, and so that's a uh, uh, that's a lot of uh, a lot of mass shootings. But I, I do have to say, I haven't seen anything official on this, but just my calculations looking back at uh, at 2022, I actually think we're probably down year to date versus where that was, and and especially down February to July because there was a ton of stuff in January. I don't know. It's just no respect for life. I don't know. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, it's that time of year though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well... Have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone 
is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Sayonara. Some bad people covered in this report, that's for sure. Well, real life, real crime. All right, a Texas man has shot and killed two people. He said tried to rob him at an ATM in San Antonio. The shooting happened just before noon on Friday at a Chase Bank. A man drove up to an ATM to withdraw money and saw two people approach him who he believed were trying to rob him. The man then shot the two men, killing both of them. It was a robbery that didn't go well for the robbers, police said. It's unknown if the robbers had weapons. Police are speaking with the man, and no charges are expected to be filed at this point. In a statement, police said he's the victim of a robbery and was acting in self-defense. The victim and the suspects are believed to all be in their 20s. Uh, important thing to note out of all this is the ATM safety is really getting just out of hand with people getting robbed at these ATMs. Now, in this case, it was a kind of a vigilante, you know, he kind of saved himself and that I'm sure is a part of remaining alert. Yeah, when you're right. when you're at an area, especially when if you're walking th- up to ATM, you better believe I'm looking all around. At, yeah, I mean, you would draw money, right? And daytime only. I mean, yeah, daytime I mean, only. back in the day, it used to be the stop and robs. Now it's the ATMs. I mean, you know, somebody's going to ATM, they want to take out cash. It's an easy mark. Yeah, and and people will actually stake them out mm-hmm. and just wait for that person that nine o'clock right, at night remembers they attention. need cash for the next morning and yeah. they're not looking around when they get out they're running up to the atm for whatever reason not looking in an easy mark what time of day was that one it was just before noon yeah oh. so that's a again it, it doesn't matter what time of day uh you got a heavy head on a swivel actually if you're going to pull up to an atm it, it, especially if you get out of the car to go to atm look at the parking lot look around and if you get that little feeling inside your gut, listen to it. Well, and I love the attitude of Texas, you know, right. in, in some ways to just say, hey, man, this guy was acting in self-defense. Absolutely was. It's kind of open and closed. You have a right to uh, defend yourself. Yep. Well, so. I think well-trafficked locations in daylight yeah. is, you know, two good habits to have with that if you have to you yeah. know, have to use an ATM. Agreed. Well, Y'all remember the story the other day about the lady that was a uh, 69-year-old lady who was attacked and killed by the 10-foot alligator? Sure. In uh, uh, South Carolina, Hilton Head. Well, I was shocked to learn that a year and a half earlier, an 82-year-old woman had been attacked within a few feet of that same spot, and she was also walking her dog like the victim last week. The Amazingly... The 82-year-old survived the attack, and so did her pup. Uh, Elise Kyle was walking her chihuahua dashhound mix, Lulu, near her home in Hilton Head, South Carolina, when a huge alligator suddenly snapped at her legs. She said, I tried to run away, but I lost my footing. The gator leapt out of the water and bit down across my legs. That was the first bite. I was so much in shock, I didn't feel any pain. It sounded like a massive crack. Well, lucky for Elsie, her neighbors Mary Montour and Lane Carver heard her cries and rushed toward her. Miss Montour said she ran outside, adding, I thought she fell in, but as I'm pulling her, she started screaming, an alligator is biting my leg off. As Miss Montour pulled Miss Kyle's arms, Mr. Carver ran over to help and hit the, the gator over the head three times with a spade. I guess he was gardening. Mr. Carver said the gator had her pretty good. 
but he hit it as hard as he could and to knock it out. Well, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen, but at least he got the Gator's attention. Hilton Head Island Fire Rescue and local police officer rushed to the scene. The Gator was removed from the area and euthanized. Miss Kyle's dog, Lulu, was not harmed. Miss Jerry Ann, I know you're listening. Miss Kyle was rushed to the hospital where she underwent several several reconstructive surgeries to fit metal rods into her legs and doctors performed skin grafts. And despite being unfortunate to have survived, she can no longer walk unaided. Anyway, she said, she said, she said, I can't even begin to tell you what I've gone through. The Gator didn't kill me, but he certainly took away what I had left of a normal life. Uh, the orthopedic surgeon thought he might have to have, to remove her legs, but he said she was an 80 year old miracle. Um, Ms. Kyle, who has lived in Hilton Head Island for 28 years, is now assisted by her daughter Marie, who cares for her everyday needs. And then, as mentioned, I reported just a few days ago about the attack on, on Holly Jenkins, 69, who was killed by the 10 foot gator. The attack took place about 30 feet away from where Ms. Kyle was attacked, right? Just crazy. Alligator encounters and attacks have increased in recent years across the U.S., especially in Florida and South Carolina. Um, South Carolina went years without having an alligator attack until 2022 uh, when the state reported five alligator attacks in the year, two of which were fatal. And in Florida, alligator attacks have increased from around six per year from 1971 through 86 to nearly 10 per year for 87 to 2017, according to the game wardens. As population and development increased in Florida, scientists say so have alligator attacks. And as the hot human population encroaches on the habitat of alligators, attacks and nuisance complaints increase. Wow. Crazy. Okay, well, how about that, whatever it is, community uh, checks that, that lake or whatever the heck it is and gets all the gators out. I mean, two people in, in 18 they're months, gonna, they're going to come back. I mean, there's somebody might've fed them something or whatever. A 10 foot gator is big. Okay. And, but you never have that problem in my neighborhood because he had been fried. Brave 80 years old. The gator yeah. bites her legs. And oh, she, she didn't oh, even he's feel trying to drag in the war. They don't kill you right away. They, they tell yeah. well, they drown you them and they hide you. And they go back and they eat off of you. And those are some pretty brave friends to uh, yeah. to come to her aid like that. I and, believe uh, I believe you'd have done the same thing. Well, I, I believe that if I had a dog in that community, I'd be walking them on the other yeah, side of that street yeah, from yeah. from now on, um, and uh, and maybe carrying some kind of weapon with me as I uh, as I did it. Um, talk about creeps, first class creeps. This guy. Tops the list. I'm talking about Larry Nasser, and he got a little bit oh, of yeah. what he had justice. coming to him Prison yesterday. Child molester Larry Nasser was stabbed multiple times. I think it was 10 um, uh, was the latest I had heard. In the federal prison where he was sent to rot for sexually assaulting hundreds of gymnasts, including gold medal winning Olympians. Nasser, who's now 59, was stabbed twice in the neck, twice in the back. And six times in the chest. There, I got it right. Ten. They could, they could, prisoners call that jugging. They jugged him. They jugged him. Shanked him. Shanked him, jugged him. Shanked him, jugged him. Yeah. Um, and six times in the chest on Sunday afternoon at the Federal Correctional Complex Coleman in Central Florida. He was listed in stable condition despite suffering a collapsed lung. Uh, he's lucky to be alive, said local 506 president Joe Rojas, who's worked at the prison for nearly 30 years. Still, the union leader stressed that while Nasser was listed as being in stable condition, um, that could change uh, given that it appears uh, several vital organs were, uh, uh, were hit with what he characterized as an unsanitized makeshift metal weapon, which you, yeah, again, sure, right? would call a— Because you're going to get a—, a, a a scalpel that's surgically, you know, whatever, and sanitized and whatever. You're in prison for being a fucking rapist. I hope they get did it with a dull spoon. 
Well, it sounds like uh, it was something close to that. So, so far, it's unclear how it happened or why it happened. This is, again, according to that union president, Rojas. Well, uh, while noting the notorious pedophile usually only mingles with other sex offenders. Right. Also, they've got their own little clique of sex offenders in the prison. He's already been here since 2018, and, uh, uh, and we've never had an incident with him before. However, it came just two weeks after staff protested over alarming levels of understaffing which Rojas said was prophetic of such an attack. We called this, we said it was going to happen at some point, and it did. The FBI was notified, and an internal investigation is ongoing, according to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Uh, Spokesperson Donald Murphy said, Murphy, who refused to discuss who was responsible for the attack inside the high-security prison that houses more than 1,200 male inmates. Um, It prompted Nasser's first known victim to release a statement which wasn't a statement of sympathy, by the way, Mm. uh, in case you were thinking that's what it was. Uh, uh, She she said, well, uh, she said she she was calling on prison officials to better protect Nasser so he can, quote, face the severe prison sentence he received and avoid, quote, an easy out. (laughs) This assault on Nasser brings no peace to me personally or to the survivors I've spoken to today. This is Sarah Klein, who was among his first victims, who is now a civil uh, and, uh, and trial attorney that represents uh, sexual abuse victims. The incident forces us to vividly relive our abuse and trauma at the hands of Nasser and the institutions, including law enforcement, that protected him and allowed him to prey on children. I urge the Department of Justice and Bureau of Prisons to see that Nasser is not allowed to escape his sentence and consequences of his horrible crime. So there you go. She doesn't want him killed in prison. She wants him to suffer and have to live out his sentence. Uh, he's doing both now. He's doing both, yeah. So more than 300 girls and women, including famous Olympians Simone Biles, Allie Reisman, uh, were uh, accused of the former Michigan State University sports doctor of sexually abusing them under the guise of medical treatment. We've all heard that story with his unusual mm-hmm. through-the-vagina uh, massage technique. He eventually admitted sexually assaulting athletes at the university as well as those with USA Gymnastics. It ended up costing $500 million to Michigan State and uh, another $380 million to USA Gymnastics and the uh, uh, U.S. Olympic team. Nasser's case stands in stark contrast to a case that's often re- referenced when Nasser's case is discussed, and that is the case of the Penn State scandal uh, with Jerry Sandusky. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, guys, stop. Important that, th- that this gets said. I- I'm not going to take a bunch of time up with it, but I just encourage Anyone who wants to know the truth about that story to listen to a series I produced called With the Benefit of Hindsight. All right. So the prime suspect in the 1982 Tylenol murders has been found dead in his Massachusetts apartment. And look, y'all, if you wonder why when you open up medicine uh, jars and things like Most that. Most people you know? don't remember that. While and while they have child safe or yeah. seals, and yeah, on, they don't remember back in the, in, in that. I know Mike remembers it back back yeah. then. I there remember was none of that. I was shit. fifty, right? You could also smoke on airplanes and no TSA and all that. Shit. Well, the world changed. Cigarettes right? didn't cause cancer back then. Right, right. <laughs> hey, they they smoked on TV back then. Yeah, they sure did. Well, the uh, the pro- <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I tell a story real quick? Sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really short. But when I was back in New York, I was with my mother and her uh, her older sister, who is three years older. She's 91. And my mother. And uh, I asked my aunt, her sister, um, when she stopped smoking. And she said, well, I never, I've never smoked. I never started. And my mother smoked for years. And so I turned to my mother and I said, I said, so why the heck did you start? Your sister never smoked. And she goes, I didn't start until I was pregnant with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's the way it was back, way, in the, well, in, uh, back in Take the day. one step further real quick. The My mama tells a story every year on my birthday. Went out when she, she had me in the hospital. The men had to wait out in the room. And my dad got sick or whatever. And he went home. My mom uh, wanted a cigarette back then you could smoke in the hospital room and she said we call my husband tell him to bring me a pack of cigarettes and he called back and came back in the nurse said your husband said to, for you to bum one <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway, back to it. Okay, James Lewis was found unresponsive on Sunday just after 4 p.m. He was 76 and was pronounced dead shortly after. Police said his death was determined to be not suspicious. Basically, Tylenol poison. (laughs) Unfortunately, not. In 1982, seven people in the greater Chicago area alone died after taking Tylenol laced with cyanide. Soon after, a man wrote an extortion letter to Johnson & Johnson and its subsidiary, the maker of Tylenol, demanding $1 million to stop the killings, which back at that time was was big money. The man who wrote the letter was James Lewis. He would later spend a dozen years in prison for attempted extortion. He was never charged with murder. Police said this is a frustrating day for law enforcement who've been investigating this case for decades. Officials felt they had sufficient circumstantial evidence for Lewis to be charged. Uh, However, he never was. On September 29th of 1982, a 12-year-old girl in Elk Grove Village had a cold, so she took two Tylenol capsules before going to school. She collapsed and died. Six more people would die in the days to come after taking Tylenol, and officials soon pieced together the pills were laced with cyanide. As fear and panic shot across Chicago and the country, officials didn't yet know how widespread the poisonings were. And without the existence of social media, y'all, and other forms of mass communication, they had to warn the community to prevent others from taking the popular drug by literally going door to door and disseminating flyers. This was way before social media. Right. Uh, Former assistant U.S. District Attorney uh, Jeremy Margulos, who prosecuted Lewis, Lewis for attempted extortion, said in a statement that he was saddened to learn of Lewis's death. Not because he's dead, but because he didn't die in prison. How do you like that former U.S. assistant U.S. attorney? So Lewis was living at the same Cambridge, Massachusetts apartment he moved into after being released from prison. Boom. Prison. He he was really the only living known person of interest and had not been seen or heard from in more than a decade. So So proving he extorted them. Didn't prove that he was the one. They knew he wrote the letter. They, but uh, yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't yeah. prove that he was. That his, basically, his, maybe he was just trying to get the million dollars. His defense yeah. would have said, "Yeah, well, he was taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. There's another crazy out there doing the poison." But it's so strange. I remember that um, my daddy always watched the evening news every evening, and I remember, and I remember it, it as well. Uh, craziness, um, y'all. Let's go back to Cali. Um, you know, remember the story we had a couple months ago back doctor who put his whole family in a car and drove the Tesla off the, the Tesla, the Tesla yeah. off the cliff. And the, the best part of that story was what's his name? Elon Musk built such a car and go off a 150 foot cliff. Um, but anyway, this idiot doctor is what we knew. He was going to do. He's asking for a mental health diversion to avoid being sentenced to prison. Uh, so his name is Dr. Uh, Patel. He's 41 years old, and he's charged with three counts of first-degree attempted murder. And that's for putting your whole family in a car and driving them off the cliff. And basically now there's – actually it was called Devil's Slide near California Highway 1. Um, it was his wife, his 4-year-old son, and his 7-year-old, and they all survived the crash. And, of course, his lawyers are saying he, he, he needs mental health diversion and all this bullshit. Uh, that's standard, right? And, and But murder and voluntary manslaughter suspects are excluded from the diversion program, but attempted murder is not explicitly ruled out. After the program is complete, the court decides that the previous charge would be reinstated. Tell's wife maintains that her husband had told the family he was going to drive off the cliff before the incident, and he claimed that his Model T, or, or I'm sorry, his Model T, his Tesla Model Y was having tire <laughs> issues when he drove off. I'm sorry, it was a 250-foot cliff. You know, from the top of the Mississippi River Bridge to the water in Baton Rouge is 150 fucking feet. No. 250 feet is a long ways, dude. So anyway, and none of them even got hurt, right? I mean, well, not, they, I mean, they had some injuries, but they, they didn't die. Like they were uh, bad ones. He personally drove the cliff. He can go fuck himself. 
That's, well, uh, that's all I have to say about that story. He told his wife he was going to do it, and then she got in the car with him? Well, no, he told him after they were in the car. He said, I'm going to drive off the cliff. I'm depressed. I'm going to kill us. I'm going to kill all of us. And now, does is she supporting this? No, no. She's saying uh, he's full of shit. And he, oh, he okay. said, he's trying to say, oh, I'm with tires or whatever. Okay. I'm, I'm, he's not I'm, even more talking about, fuck you, Patel. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking jail. that the kids and mom need to uh, stay very, very Two far Two year old, four year old, and your wife. And that, that does. Do you automatically lose your medical license if you no, I something assume, like I would that? assume that there's procedures for the boards in each state. You get convicted of a felony, you're done. I mean, I just hope even if the I guy mean, gets, even I mean, if they I decide to throw the guy in Louisiana, because I used to have the uh, physician examiner boards contract to test all of the docs that got in trouble. and But you got convicted of a felony, you're done. Well. Crazy, Give me an crazy story. Let's go to Georgia. We haven't been to Georgia in a while. Uh, did you guys get into the Halloween uh, egging of people's houses? And we used to have, we used to not the houses so much, some some, but we used to do up our trucks with chicken wire, and I'd buy like a case of eggs weeks before Halloween, so they'd be riding, and we had running vehicle fights. Of course, it was a small town in Clinton. There was no red lights or anything, but we'd have like six or seven trucks, and it was pretty brutal. You get hit in the head with a riding egg at 40 That's miles nasty. an hour. Yeah. Mm. I used to make shit bombs. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just kidding. But in Maybe your experience, uh, you don't get angry enough in an egg fight to pull out a gun. No. Yeah. Well, uh, on July 3rd in Spain, Spalding County, Georgia. I don't know where Spalding County is. Get it's in Georgia. Good answer, Jim. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, sheriff's deputies responded to a call about a, quote, man down on the 100 block of Dobbins Mills Road and found a white male dead on the ground from an apparent gunshot wound. Police used a fingerprint scan and identified the victim as Jonathan Gilbert. It appears that there was an ongoing lover's quarrel and the suspects decided to go to Gilbert's residence and vandalize it by egging it. This is according to Sheriff Daryl Dix. When Gilbert saw the suspects egging his house, he came out of the house unarmed to confront them. The suspects raced back to their car, and as Gilbert approached them, Sidney Mahan, a backseat passenger in the car, produced a firearm and shot him multiple times. There you go. The suspects then drove away, leaving Gilbert in the middle of the road to die. Shortly after, investigators located a witness who provided them with information related to the shooting, which allegedly created a direct link between the victims and the sus- between the victim and the suspects. Based on that information, investigators found a cell phone number tied to one of the suspects and tracked it to a location in Henry County, which is also in. So Spal- Georgia, Spalding, Spalding. Spalding is south of Atlanta. I just looked okay. it up. The search, they searched the area and found a vehicle uh, they allege was involved in the shooting, parked at a residence where they believed the suspects uh, were living or staying, and uh, they got a search warrant, and that was the end of it. Jeremy Munson, 18, Mackenzie Davenport, 19, as well as Mahan, who's also 18, were all arrested Mahan is charged with murder, malice murder, aggravated assault, possession of a firearm during the commission of a crime, battery, family violence, and criminal trespass. The others all have similar crap, and all of this over some kind of uh, jealousy, dispute, love affair uh, thing, and it started with egging the guy's house. Just sounds completely like, freaking sounds ridiculous. Sounds like a Netflix special. Yeah. Probably. That's uh, crazy. Spalding, Georgia. Spalding, Georgia. I wonder if that's where the tennis balls and all that. I, know, I thought from. about that, but it has sixty-seven thousand people in south of Atlanta by about an hour or so. Well, shout out Spalding to all our Spalding all our, listeners. Our Spalding listeners out there. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. 
She was amazed at how much hormone harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Alrighty then. Another mile high crime mile for high Thursday. Stop mile high. Look, this one is going to really disturb people. Came across it yesterday, and it just occurred. Uh, three TSA officers were arrested at a Miami International Airport for stealing from passengers during security screenings. Really? And I were, you know, when I go through these things, I'm keeping an eye on my bucket. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And I don't trust nobody, but don't trust the TSA officers either. Uh, not that they're all bad, but these three for sure. 22-year-old uh, Elizabeth Fuster, 33-year-old Labarius Williams, and 20-year-old Jose Gonzalez were all arrested on Thursday of charges involving an organized scheme to defraud. Uh, the airport federal security director for law enforcement at Miami International Airport contacted Miami-Dade police regarding thefts involving the officers. The investigation revealed three officers while on duty were seen on surveillance video conspiring together to distract passengers as they were being screened and stole money from their belongings. Crazy. Due to the security concerns, the detective immediately researched the thefts which revealed a recent case that was previously opened by police. 
After watching surveillance video provided by TSA, the detective saw Fuster, Williams, and Gonzalez remove $600 from a passenger's wallet while they were being screened. And then they're trying to haul all yeah. to get you through, so you probably, and you got 400 motherfuckers behind you. Trying That's to get right. You're trying to put your shoes on. Yeah. Uh, and your wallet, you know, your wallet's steady right. going down the thing, and they pulled $600 out of that wallet. Additionally, all three were seen on several other incidents conspiring to commit more theft. So one's telling the other, you distract them and I'm going to I'm going to go for the wallet. Following a formal interview at the TSA command center, Gonzalez and Fuster waived their rights and provided written statements confessing their actions. But Williams did not waive his rights and refused to speak. He might be the smart one of the three, right? All three were transported to the airport station to be processed before being sent to Turner Guilford Detention Center without incident. Huh. I that bet you everybody in, the, in line disturbing. clapped when they put him in handcuffs because I, I don't know of anybody who likes a TSA officer, right? Yeah, I, I hate it when – Man, I'm telling you, when I pull that wallet out now, I, I got my. I'm paranoid as it is with yeah. people going through. I got one condom in there. That's it. Uh, from, ni- <laughs> from 1979. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> it's all melted. The- you got the big ring in it. <laughs> Finally, get to use this thing. Well, <laughs> the anaconda only freestyles. Yeah. So, so speaking, speaking of, of condoms. <laughs> We got a kinky crime coming your way. Kinky what are your crimes for Thursday, y'all? We've we've done some great ones. But this might might be one of the best. So, police arrested a 50 year old man after he was allegedly found tied to a tree, blindfolded, and waiting for anonymous sex in a Minnesota park. Ooh, right. Ramsey police found Alan Peterson in the park Thursday evening. Officer said he had blindfolded himself and tied his wrist and ankles to two trees. Oh my God. Exposed in his genitals. Now, think about that. that that's a kinky sucker there, boy. Right? <laughs> blindfolded himself, stripped down, spreads himself out, ties himself to trees, and he's waiting wow. on strangers. But anyway, however, the idea of strangers meeting at the park. To engage in sex is nothing new to police shift doing Mike, like my original Real Life Real Crime episode, Glory Hole. Uh, he says it's been going on for at least 10 years now. Peterson's arrest, however, was one of the most bizarre cases his department has seen. A park goer saw Peterson tied at four points. Yeah, just imagine, imagine Red Eagle. Four points to two trees. Both his wrists and ankles were bound, and he was described as sitting on a sling. By the time, <laughs> by the time police arrived, Peterson was gone, but officers found the rope and sling. They also found pornographic materials in Peterson's car, and as they were about to tow it, Peterson turned himself in and admitted to using slip knots to tie himself up. Park goer Ruth Grussing. And Peterson said Peterson's actions are disrespectful to others, you think? <laughs> if you want to do that, do it someplace private, she said. <laughs> <laughs> Not don't do it. Just right, do it someplace right. private. She might Wait, be a little kinky herself. <laughs> uh, the, she said, Way said some of the men that meet there have been arrested six times, but they keep coming back. They use signals such as turning on the lights or rolling their windows halfway down to show other men they are interested. And in glory hole in the bathroom, they yeah. stop quit three times, right? But a public park means families are there too. For way, that's a major concern. When you bring your family down there, this is not the conduct you want to see. Peterson could face a charge of indecent exposure, which is a misdemeanor. Way encourages park goers to report such behavior immediately. And there is your kinky crime. That sucker's kinky. He could be done for him. Yeah, he could. What's I'm going to sling this for? So you don't fall down and your legs get tired when you get... I guess. Blindfolded himself. Blindfolded. And just just sat there. (laughs) Bring it on. Give me your best. Freaking people, man. Kinky. Kinky. I'm trying to wipe... That story off of me, right, that's out of my memory banks. But it's banjo time. It is time for banjo. 
And we're going to go to the desert, to the great state of Arizona for this little segment of Dumb Criminals. A bungling felon from Arizona made a series of blunders when he shot himself in the testicles and tried to hide the weapon all while stashing drugs up his ass. There you go. That's a trifecta. Powerful. Yeah. Christopher James Watson, age 26, was carrying a pistol in his front pocket while in his Mesa, Arizona apartment on June 5th when the firearm accidentally discharged and pierced his groin and thigh. You know what piercing his groin means, right? Yeah, right. Watson, Watson, (laughs) who has 14, yes, one followed by a four prior convictions, Instructed That's his instructed his girlfriend to dispose of the weapon before heading to the hospital. When the ex-con finally went to the hospital, a balloon of marijuana slipped out of his ass while a doctor oh was operating God. on his gunshot wound. Oh my God! You could take <laughs> take me to the hospital. First of all, they're gonna know it's gunshot wound from the stifling because of that, that close contact. His balls are now tattooed forever. But you can't. <laughs> Take a dime bag of marijuana out of your ass? (laughs) Cops arrived at the hospital because they were notified uh, of the gunshot wound by, I guess, uh, hospital surgeons, nurses, whatever, and searched Watson's car where they discovered a bag of meth in the blood-stained jeans he was wearing when he shot himself. The officers, officers issued an arrest warrant for Watson, and he turned himself into police on June 18th. As he was being processed so at Maricopa is. County Wait, Detention I, Center. I, I, like a meth lab fell out of his ass. As yeah. he was being strip searched, uh-huh. another balloon of marijuana fell out of his ass. While in jail, Watson made a number of calls to his girlfriend and asked her not to cooperate with investigators working on his case. Of course, Authorities were listening. Of course, in Everything's on recorded. Those Big calls. ass fucking sign right on your phone. And your so, conversation is being recorded. Our genius IQ felon was charged with possession of a firearm, unlawful possession of meth, possession of a controlled substance in a correction facility, and four counts of tampering with a witness. He's being held on two hundred thousand hey. dollars bail and is due back in court on August fifteenth. And let's hope hey. that nothing pops out of his ass that day. I think he needs to be nominated for the all woody team <laughs> you shoot yourself in the balls i don't know if he's all woody qualified well, i mean you gotta kill somebody but, 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 all woody team, why we right why would you not hide the meth in your car it should the meth should have been up your ass the me- marijuana is a misdemeanor yeah why i mean you let a, a balloon f- of marijuana come out of your ass and when you're under anesthesia dumbass okay the my biggest question here is what kind of a wonderful woman is dating this fucking oh, yeah. guy? Some, someone someone <laughs> she's that's addicted gotta, to his shit. She's got to be a winner. That's crazy. That's a dumb criminal. No I wouldn't hey, smoke dumb. that guy's pot. I mean, there's yeah. no telling how, how much his pot's been up his ass. Yeah, he's got to be the dumbest some bitch you've you ever told a story about. Uh-oh. So what? So what? How about a giant 15-foot spoon? Don't try to copy my spoon. A giant 15-foot spoon, Woody Overton, a nightmare, or rather a brain freeze for a pair of Dairy Queen franchise owners involving a giant red spoon has finally come to an end. Hmm. Phoenix, Arizona resident Michael Foster made the discovery while he was out for a mobile game-based walk around his neighborhood. He was an avid Pokemon Go player. 52 uh, years old. Really? He playing. Yes. Uh, he was hunting for his next great catch when he made a rare discovery, a giant 15-foot spoon from a local Dairy Queen. He found the spoon in a field of a middle school less than two miles from the Dairy Queen, location where it was stolen just sitting in the grass. Jeez, got tired of carrying that fucker. Raymond Kalara is the owner of the Dairy Queen Grill and Chill in Phoenix, Arizona, where the large statue attracts Blizzard fans and Instagram lovers alike who take pictures with the giant spoon. The couple have been asking for help locating the oversized red spoon that adorned the front of the restaurant before it was stolen by three individuals a few days ago. The trio was caught on surveillance video manipulating the screws. This thing was screwed 
into place, removed it from the awning that held it by a handle, and carried it away, mm-hmm. driving off with the huge utensil only to abandon it nearby. The spoon burglars are still at large. We're kind of upset but puzzled, the owner said. What are they going to do with a giant spoon? The couple reported the theft to the Phoenix police at the time, who Foster called to report the spoon's location. Now, that means the Kalars don't have to get another spoon made, delivered, and installed, which, believe it or not, is estimated to be around $7,000. Wow. Hey, wait. How far is Mesa, Arizona from Phoenix? Oh, it's a suburb of Phoenix. Well, then they might have been bringing it to that dumb fucking criminal. And he would try to get that up yeah. his ass. Yeah. Sideways. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, a prank to those guys, but right. you don't realize that would be a $7,000 $7, prank to a business owner. Yeah. Even if you so, have to Think about what you're stealing. That's a good one, John. They stole what? They stole what? Giant spoons. Yes. All right. Yes. Hey, uh, real quick. Overwhelming responses to the RLRC daily comments. If you go to um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave RRC daily a review, take a screenshot of it, send it in. Like, we're going to go like two more weeks, three people are going to win, and y'all are killing it. I love it. it good, bad, or indifferent, it, uh, you still get entered into the drawing. So, thank you for doing it. Mike doesn't want to do the indifferent people for the drama. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I joke, I joke. In January, I like the different people, <laughs> not the indifferent. People. Yeah, he, pick a side. It's all good. Until uh, next time, I'm Jim Chapman, <laughs> and I'm Woody Overton, <laughs> and that's our buddy Aggo, and I'm just fucking lost. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Show business. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.